0: Of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a software engineer who started as a mathematician. She currently works as a developer and consultant with 10 Mile Square Technologies in the Washington DC metro area. After speaking at her first conference in 2017, she now regularly speaks about the technical challenges that she has faced in her career. And in her free time, she involves herself in local technology groups including facilitating a Girls Who Code Club. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Laurie Barth.
1: So nice to be here.
0: So Laurie, can I ask you a little bit about the Girls Who Code Club and how you became involved in that?
1: Absolutely. So it's a national, it may even be international at this point, organization um, that takes girls grade 6 through 12 and runs them through clubs, as we call them, to learn fundamental computer science concepts. And I help facilitate one that's run out of a local library. So there's girls from all over the area, different schools, different backgrounds, um, and they come to the library on Thursday nights. And we teach them about variables and conditionals and loops and functions. And then they build their own project to kind of cap it all off.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. How many people do you get?
1: It depends. I've done, I guess, three different clubs now. Um, my largest was about 20, which was a lot. Um, and my smallest was only about four. So that was nice. And we got to do really individual uh, teaching in that case.
0: So in terms of what they build, do they, do they manage to do anything with it afterwards?
1: Oh, absolutely. So they build a project all together at the end. I've had them do games. I've had them do full websites. Um, my last group did a forum site with kind of like a chat feature. So yeah, they definitely build things. I mean, they're a little bit rudimentary, but it's all the same concepts that we would use in our actual coding lives.
0: Yeah. So in terms of what it gives them, it presumably is is part of this whole sort of drive to make more people involved and, and sort of give them a background in STEM.
1: Yeah, it's about getting them interested and getting them excited and giving them the ability to learn about these concepts, even if they're not available at their schools. Not all of the local middle schools and high schools offer computer science classes, Um, so this is an opportunity to have exposure to that. And
0: just looking at what you do on a day-to-day basis in your in your job as such, obviously as a software engineer, you started out as a mathematician. So how did that transition take place?
1: Yeah, so I studied mathematics in college, and actually my very first job out of school wasn't really either of those things. It was program managing large technical projects. And I learned really quickly that I didn't like focusing on kind of the business side of technology at least at that point in my career. And I wanted to be doing the work. And so I became a software developer. And I found really quickly that it was everything I liked about math. It was problem solving. And it was playing with numbers. And it was puzzles.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, puzzles is a good thing. um, In terms of being able to solve a problem, I suppose, is what it's all about, isn't it? And particularly from a business and end user perspective.
1: Absolutely. And for me, you know, if you really break down the way you solve puzzles, I mean, I have plenty of them in my house. You kind of try one way, whether it's looking at the pattern on the piece or looking at the shape of the piece. And if that doesn't work, then you move to something else and you kind of iterate through in a methodical way. And it really correlates to the way at least I solve problems when coding.
0: So you've developed your own approach to tackling problems by the sound of it.
1: I don't know that it's unique to me. I'm sure there's plenty of other people whose brains work that way, but that's certainly my internal monologue.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Right. Um, So, Laurie, can you share with us a top career tip, one that perhaps the audience don't know and should?
1: Yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, um, I started as a program manager. And the thing I've learned in everyone I've talked to is your past experience, whether it's job experience or educational experience, is always relevant, even if it isn't obvious how. And that when you're transitioning from kind of one area to another, or even within the technical field to try something a little bit different, you are going to be using skills and you're a little bit further ahead than you think you are, even if you're starting from scratch.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When people come into the industry, maybe from a different sector or walk of life, they bring with them maybe a different perspective as well that they can apply that's not necessarily al- already there within that within that culture or organization. So I think you're right. People can bring a lot with them, whether it's through what they've learned along the way or whether it's from a completely different area altogether.
1: Absolutely. And that's really what makes you stand out in those circumstances because, sure, you didn't have a traditional background or your background's a little bit different but that means that you're there to round out the team with all of these blind spots that they just haven't experienced.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay, Laurie, can you share with us your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience?
1: So this goes back to when I was in the wrong job, right? I was miserable managing these large technical problems because I was looking at all of these mistakes that were being made. And the reason I was in this position with the background that I had was because they thought I could spot the problems and I could fix them as the quote unquote manager. But I had no ability to do that. I had no authority to make any changes. And so I was just kind of helplessly sitting there wanting to do the work and not able to do that. So that was the moment that I'm like, I am in the wrong spot. I got to make a move. This isn't working.
0: Right. Okay. How do you now do that differently, if you like? So how do you make sure you don't end up in that situation?
1: Well, I don't work for the government anymore, so that helps. (laughs) Right. Okay. But for me, I'm pretty vocal when I find that I'm on a project or in a position where I don't feel like I'm engaged or excited about what I'm working on. I know, you know, there will be ebbs and flows in that. But if it goes on for too long, I definitely speak to the people around me. I'm really lucky to work at 10 Mile because they're incredibly supportive of my career as a whole, even outside of my role in the company. And they're open to listening when I say, you know, hey, I've been doing this for a while and I'm not really happy doing it anymore. Can we try pivoting a little bit and seeing if I can work on something else?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea. I mean, good, good suggestion that maybe talk to to your boss and and look at maybe working, as you say, in a slightly different area or in a, in a different team or whatever it might be. Okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, kind of the first project I ever got to be a lead engineer on was a really exciting experience for me because I was taking over for someone who was leaving the company. And when I came in, it was clear to me that there was this kind of tension between the customer. It was an internal customer to the company and the technical team. And right off the bat, I knew that it wasn't about how good my technical chops were. It was about Meeting them where they lived and kind of gaining their trust, understanding what they needed, making sure that I learned their problem domain incredibly well so that they knew that I was looking out for them and what they were trying to accomplish. And by the end of it, I could sit there in a meeting and have you know other technical team members and the customer in the same room and kind of assuage everyone's concerns over making sure we were going to accomplish what we were trying to accomplish and making sure that everyone on my team was following the standards necessary to make this project work for the customer. And for me, I drive a lot of satisfaction from making sure that what people want and what people are. I drive a lot of satisfaction from solving problems versus not just the way I solve them, but making sure that they meet people's needs. And and for me, that was really a highlight, knowing that the people that I was working for were so concerned in the beginning. And by the end, they were really excited about what we'd accomplished.
0: Well, that's good. That's that's sort of the uh, rounding it off, isn't it? And bringing it all together.
1: Absolutely. So Laurie, what excites
0: you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT?
1: So I'm actually really excited about all of the communities that we're building and the communities that kind of are moving away from the stereotypes of like coders in a basement, right? So there's online communities, and there's meetup and in-person communities, there's open source communities that are really kind of taking on a different shape than they have before. There's conference communities, there's all these groups of developers coming together and talking about their experiences and the things that they're working on and getting people excited and exposed to new stuff that makes me really interested in seeing what the kind of collaborative culture can do going forward. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's this whole, I suppose it's the stereotypical developer in the basement that is finally being eroded in terms of, of that stereotype, so bringing it out into the open and involving more people, I think you make a good point about the collaboration as well. That's something that's continuing.
1: Yeah, it's taken too long for us to move away from that uh, coder in a basement. I have to say, so <laughs> yes. I, I'm I'm a coder on my the second floor of my house right now. So I guess I'm not much better. <laughs>
0: Um, We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So what first attracted you to a career in IT?
1: Puzzles and math.
0: And what is the best career advice you've ever received?
1: So I had a boss who says, actually, it's my boss at 10 Mile. And he says, write down your values and then your goals they should be in sync, not in conflict.
0: Yes, that's very true. Yeah. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received?
1: Never turn down a job just because of the commute. I'm someone who is incredibly affected by the fact that I live in a high traffic area and I don't love driving distances and it really affects my quality of life. And so I should and would absolutely turn down a job if the commute was too far for me.
0: Sure. So for you, it's it's that's a particular factor when you decide what you want to do and where you want to work. Absolutely. And if you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do?
1: So this is one of those questions that, I always kind of laugh at because my super analytical brain goes, well, if I told myself this in the past, then I wouldn't be where I am now. And the domino effect would change everything. But I don't know that I do anything differently. I think the only thing I might say is there were things that I did when I was younger that really was coding and I didn't recognize it as such at that time.
0: Can you give an example of what that might be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um I was in a just a computer class in school and we were using this program called Jurtle and you make this little turtle kind of move around the grid and have it draw a picture. Yeah. And we made it do the alphabet and I did it faster than absolutely anyone in the class. And to me, I was like, oh, I'm just making a thing move. And I didn't realize that everything I was doing to make it move was code.
0: Yes. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on?
1: More speaking, more technical writing. I don't know if we said this up top, but I do a fair bit of blogging about once a week, I'll publish something. And I've been having a lot of fun recently uh, looking at some of the ECMAScript syntax for JavaScript, specifically 2019, which was just released because it's kind of fun to look at the new features for a language.
0: And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
1: Writing. Hands down, no question.
0: Yes. you met, Obviously, you mentioned your blogging just now. Um, and it's something you've been doing for how long now?
1: So I've only been doing the blogging for about a year, maybe less. But in my role, we do a lot of technical writing and assessments and write-ups for other companies about kind of their existing architecture or where they want to go in the future and being able to write technical material is a skill that's both challenging and something not a lot of people spend time working on and the industry as a whole could use more people who can do that and kind of express technical topics in a written way effectively.
0: And what do you do to keep your own career energized?
1: Communities and relationships. Honestly, I've made a number of incredible friends in my immediate technology area and beyond that help inspire me and encourage me and expose me to all kinds of things that I wouldn't necessarily know if I was just going to my job and with my coworkers every day. And they're also inspiring and wonderful people. So,
0: and what do you do in your spare time away from technology?
1: I play a lot of board games. Um, I love TV and movies and I bake when I have an excuse to, but I try not to do it just cause otherwise I would have a lot of baked goods sitting around the house that I needed to eat. <laughs>
0: right. You could always take them into work with you.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Laurie, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience?
1: Yeah. So um, people always talk about networking and I find that's really misleading and I don't find networking particularly helpful. I think the greatest piece of advice I can give you is to build genuine relationships and help others because you'll be more valuable and a better contributor to our industry as a whole when you do that.
0: I think it depends on how you define networking and what you mean by it. I think you're right, it's relationships more than anything else. But networking is often the basis for developing those relationships.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think networking, um, in the way that I just said it for a little while had the connotation of just like racking up connections on LinkedIn, nameless, faceless people that you don't really know or interact with, which in my mind doesn't really do a lot for you. And I think one good friendship can go much further than, you know, 2000 connections.
0: Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you?
1: Um, I'm a Twitter person. So you can follow me at Lori on tech. And I kind of post my blog stuff there. And there's links to my site and all of that. So that's normally a good hub to find me and I'll probably be spouting about something. Today, it was ranting about uh, coding interviews. So there's <laughs> <it's>
0: always something. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's up my street. Anything career related. <laughs> so I'll be having a look out for that. <laughs> Laurie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
1: Yeah, it was great to chat with you as well. Thanks for having me. As always, my
0: thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.